Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it! You've got Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source of digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. This week, we're bringing to you something a little bit different. Uh, we have a movie called Annie B. Real from 2003 to talk about today. This is not a movie that was um, very widely seen. This is a movie that was not very well made. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> yes. Although the movie is named Anne Be Real. She wrote down Annie right. in the movie, but the movie itself is Anne Be Real. Yes. <clears throat> Still doesn't matter. It fucking sucks. Had, so had either of you heard of this movie before whatsoever? I'm not asking if you'd seen it. I'm asking if you heard of it. I'm no. being nice this time. No. 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 Yeah, I, I hadn't either. So I, it begs the question, how did this really get on the list? Because, you know, again, I, I keep track of, like, comedic reviews on sites, stuff like that sometimes. Right. I just don't really – I've never seen this movie talked about until we got to this point. So I'm not really yeah. sure what sparked it. I don't know. Uh, the, it, because it hasn't – it hasn't been – I mean, it's it's a 2000s movie. So I don't know how – it hasn't been made fun of on any of the usual – places like MST3K or and something like that. And you'd think it would have because it came out a year after 8 Mile. Right. And this is very much And they even in that used that vein. in their marketing strategy. Right. So maybe that's how it got some traction? Maybe, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm flashing back to 2002 me. 
I don't remember Eight Mile being that big a hit either. Was it? I saw it. I mean, I, I saw it, it in too, the theater, but. I don't know. I just don't feel like it was a movie that's ever been really talked about religiously. I don't really think... I wouldn't consider it a cold film, would you? No. No, but I think enough people saw 8 Mile. I guess, yeah. Well, I think it just... It, that was at the height of Eminem's popularity mm-hmm. as well as it had a it had a big-name director attached to it, right. so... I quite liked it, so... And it was... Yeah, I thought yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, Happy Real was great. No, Jack. <laughs> Nice but drive. this movie, uh, this this is very much an indie film that came out of nowhere. And that should have I don't know gone how nowhere. I mean, enough really... people know about it to vote to downvote it enough that it's on this list. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't no. either. Hey, I, we got to watch it. I guess that's the. No. I understand why it's on the list. I don't oh, know how yeah. it got there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and open up with the uh, IMDb description for this one. Uh, the IMDb description is the coming of age story of a young female rapper who finds her inspiration by reading the diary of Anne Frank. I call bullshit on every single aspect of that statement. But for just a quick summation, sure, sure. let's go with that. Yeah, going into this, I was really expecting a very different movie based on that description. Oh, yeah, because it can go a million different ways. That You could think, like, she is rapping the words of Anne Frank. Uh, that this is, uh, like, it's it's another, well, eight mile. I mean, that was the description they used. It's like, it's an eight mile sort of story uh, with uh, Anne Frank as the inspiration for it, which I just, I don't, I mean, we'll get into it. I, I just don't understand how the whole Anne Frank thing was meant to be inspiration for her. Because the writer... I just don't understand anything about this movie, him, honestly. Oh, my God, right. They tried to apply it towards something that was mainstream in our pop culture, I guess. I mean, that's 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 grasping at straws, but that's all I got. Yeah. I mean... I understand the intent. Yeah. It was horrifically executed. Yeah. Because this could, I, you know, as a Jew, I could easily have been offended by this, and I wasn't. Because there's nothing offensive about it. No, there's not. I mean... There wasn't that much about the She wasn't Frank really thing. comparing herself to Anne Frank. No. Yes, she was in a heinous situation, but it was mainly about the fact that her father gave her the book. That's yeah. really what yeah. this movie was about. And so we see passages being read to her. Exactly. So, so she her. used... I think the only thing that we're supposed to relate to her is that she's in this horrible living situation. Mm-hmm. Her dad is gone. Her entire family lives in one apartment, a small one. Her brother's a drug dealer. She feels like she can't do anything right. So if, if Anne Frank can survive and thrive and be creative in the situation she was in, then surely she can. That's that's a, a huge generalization and a major simplification, but that's, I think that's what the crux of this is. When you break it down like that, I can see why someone would think that would be an interesting concept to explore when writing something like this. Yes, I wouldn't say the writing itself, the at least the ideas, the overall plot is necessarily a detriment to the movie, at least not its most glaring problem. But at the same time, it's like that's all they've worked off of an idea. And then they just stumbled through the rest. Right. This movie is a fucking mess, (laughs) y'all. It is is a mess. It's a mess. I guess let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Yeah. So we open on scenic shots of the Spanish Harlem area in New York. Mm -hmm. And a lot of establishing shots of just the culture and all the architecture and everything like that. Whether it was gothic or not is up to you. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have opening narration because that's so common. It's my favorite. Yeah. But it's so whiny. 
it, 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 I wrote down, she sounded like Riley from the Boondocks when she's talking. <laughs> and, and it was so strange because we never hear this character talking like this ever again. It, she's like affecting a different accent or something. Yeah. It's very odd. It almost sounded like Kitty a little bit. Like she was trying to do an impression of that character. <laughs> Kitty! <laughs> oh my god. We'll get to we'll her. Get to her. <laughs> so then we cut to our main character, Cynthia, who's in front of a mirror and she's doing this really terrible improv. You know, she's talking about, you know, this is my life. I'm in a prison. Mom's spaghetti. All this bullshit. And then all this opening narration, practicing her raps, practicing the lyrics that she's spitting out. We get this so much about this movie with her practicing in front of the mirror that it's framed the exact same way. Right. And it doesn't ever get better. That's the thing. Like, I think we're supposed to see progress. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And we never do. It's always stumbling and uncertainty, which right. I, I get what they're going for. Sure. All these mirror shots are trying to encapsulate how she feels. Her self-perception. Yeah. Yes. But you're right. You never see any kind of growth. And honestly, I think what this movie could have, well, one thing it could have done better in this regard was to showcase how she is kind of conquering her inner demons by getting better and then being able to demonstrate herself to the public eye. Yes, we can fix this movie, y'all. This, this was the, the first part of the thing, the, the aspiring rapper aspect of it. At what point in this movie do you ever get the impression that this is what she wants to do? Never. Yeah, I mean, All she's doing is coming up with lyrics to rap. But never once is there like, man, I wish I could get up on stage and rap like that guy. There's nothing. There's absolutely no indication that she wants to be a performer herself. She, she just, just wants to be a writer. That's really she just, She's a writer. Yeah. She's writing these lyrics. She's writing these verses. And she's writing them down. But that's it. That was what confused me. I'm like, well, but I, it's not like she's going to open mic nights or anything and trying it out. She's not doing it in public. There's no indication that she wants anybody in the world to know that she's coming up with these verses. That's correct. That's, no, that's a really good point because every person that – every time that she is put in a position to rap in front of people, it just seems like it's either to defend her material or she's pushed by her peers because they think that's what she should be doing. Right. The, the movie never seems apologetic of that. It just seems like this was the right thing. While this is happening, while she's in front of the mirror, we're also getting all these flashbacks. And we get this a couple of times throughout the movie. But this in, this initial flashback, we have these uh, cuts to she and her brother when they're very young. I guess mm-hmm. in the classroom for some reason. In her, her dad's classroom. Her dad's classroom. Because her, dad her dad was a teacher. Right. And we learned that her father had passed away shortly after giving her a copy of the diary of Anne Frank. And we right. never find out why. Nope. We never find out how he died. And he's played by David Zayas. Who, Correct. if you look him up, he's been in a shit ton of stuff, and he's still acting, and he's quite good. He is, yeah. And he's horribly underutilized in this. No, he was he was interesting. I don't know the actor himself, but I, I found him to be one of the more charismatic parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. But during these flashbacks, again, this is the only time we actually see this in the flashbacks of this time period with her and her brother playing together, mm-hmm. and he's like you know tossing her around like a, like a headlock, but. This little actress, the girl who's playing the younger Cynthia, she seems like she's having a good time with it. And then it cuts to her saying, I don't think he likes me very much. Yeah, we so never get that. Could they just not mm-hmm. get this younger actress to act appropriately? Or was this just something lost in editing? It must have been because, you guys, this movie was edited 
that horribly. Uh, lots of things were They're, lost in editing. Yeah. And not and not just film editing, but sound as well. The sound in this movie for a movie that purports to be about an aspiring rapper and that has a lot to do with music throughout the entire thing, the sound editing is trash. Because well, like this opening scene when she's in the mirror rapping these lyrics to herself in the mirror. This is not your standard Caucasian response of, I don't understand rap music. I don't understand what they're saying. No, I literally could not hear the words coming out of her mouth because of the cheesy-ass music they had playing over her. Right, yeah. For the hear. entirety of the film. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't, I could not understand what she was saying. And, and these, these producers were lucky enough to find someone to compose this music for them in this movie. The problem is that they took too much advantage of it. Right. Just because you have access to something that not a whole lot of indie filmmakers have access to does not right. mean you should milk it for all it's worth. Right. Use that like it's a precious commodity. And this well, girl the, the is a rapper. Is, well, yeah, she is. But what the, the problem is, is is that they recorded everything on so, – there's no ADR. Oh, there's there no – hmm? There is some, definitely some ADR. Coming. Not, not when it comes to the actual performing. Oh, no, absolutely not. With her <laughs> rapping in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, that was recorded with a boom mic – in that bathroom, they got it live as it was happening. And the problem is, it sounds like it was filmed with her in a small bathroom, wrapping it. And that's how it was recorded in the movie. The music, they are layering on top of that and did not learn how to mix it properly. So the music is just overwhelming everything that's happening in the movie, and you can't hear a word that's being said. So... As we're hearing the main character reading lines from the Diary of Anne Frank, direct quotes from it, we're also seeing her walking the streets, and then it's getting this moment where we're passing by a couple of our characters that are integral to the story, such as a couple guys who stand in the street corner along with her brother, mm -hmm. and setting up, it's foreshadowing events that happen later in the movie, right. and before those events take place, it flashes back one month. First, we meet her older brother, who, until I actually heard his name being said more in the movie, I just referred to him as Black Chris Cornell. <laughs> actually, did anyone know what her name was until, like, halfway through the no, movie? No. I, I, they say I, it a couple no, of times. it's not. It's Cynthia. It's What'd Cynthia. you say? I had no idea <laughs> that her name was Cynthia until at least halfway through the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they, it, this, that's part of the problem with this movie, too, is that we get introduced to characters, and they're never told who they are or how they fit yeah it's very confusing especially with the family oh yeah we see the whole family sitting around the kitchen table and not once do we know any of any these of people them. yeah so she lives in this apartment with her mother her sister who has a child of her own out of wedlock and i guess her, her grandmother yes her grandmother yeah. lives there too but her father's dead does her brother live there too no does he, just do he doesn't thing? He, he just takes care of them. He, he comes and goes, and it, it comes up later. He doesn't have a key. Uh, he's supposed to be paying all the bills. Mm. Uh, he's supposed to be taking care of them. So, yeah, but it's very confusing, this first scene where we see all these women, and we don't know who any one of them is. No. And on a day-to-day -day basis, what Cynthia will do is she'll go back home, and she'll go into her room, sit in the corner, and then write. Yeah. That's all that she does on a regular basis. She barely has inter any interaction with the people that she lives with. Right especially with her brother. But, you know, the few times that she does cross paths, again, at least in the early in the film, is when, you know, he's teasing her and he's saying, you know, you shouldn't read. Your eyes are going to pop out of your head and, like, takes her book and throws it across the street and shit like that. 
just being a dick, and like right from the get go, you're not supposed to like this guy. So I guess good job of that. Then we meet Deuce. Oh my God. I never thought we would ever encounter another movie on our list with a character named Deuce. <laughs> and funny enough, this is the second most unlikable Deuce we've had on our list. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a rapper in the area. He's trying to get his name out there. He's trying to get his rap career started. The problem is is that he cannot write rap himself. No. He's, he's, he's not a writer. He can't even freestyle. And, man, this guy is just the greatest movie villain since John Legend's character from La La Land. I was just riveted by this performance. And by that not at all. He's just well, he's, he's just boring and it just sets him up terrible. like he's going to be this ultimate goal for this character to take down. But again, from the start, you just never take this guy seriously. He's a clown. Well, because the thing is, is that when we we're introduced to him, he's handing out CDs to people in line for this club. Yeah. For whatever hot shit club that they're trying to get into. And he's handing out CDs. And, Man, I'm going to be famous. This is, the, the you know, get, I'm giving them to you free for now and blah, 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 blah. And then he's trying to get in the door. They won't let him in. He looks across the street and sees her brother and goes to talk to him. And they have some kind of handoff. And you think it's a drug deal or something. But it's a piece of paper. And, but you don't know what's on the piece of paper. And then he hits up this producer dude and sneaks in with him and finally gets a chance to sit down and talk to the producer dude. And, and he's like, yeah, you hear this music they're playing? That's my music. So the producer decides to give him a shot, and, and there we go. Let's, let's talk about why he gives him a shot, because this was crazy to me. So he gets to sit down with this guy for a minute, or rather he comes up to his table and says, like, hey, listen to my shit, man. It's really good. Sorry, this movie's PG. Right. Uh, listen to my <laughs> stuff, man. This, uh, this is really good. And then they send him away, and then he's kicked out of the club. But right as he's getting kicked out, the music producer looks over, and he hears the guy's music being played at the club – and then says, let's let this guy back in. Yeah. Because people were enjoying it and dancing to it. So, number one, this guy is passing out his CD outside this club and he can't get into the club on his own? Yeah. It didn't make any sense. But yeah, the club is playing his music. Right. Yeah. What the fuck is that through line? Don't. Uh, nope. So, he lets him back in. And yeah, you're right. He gives him a shot and he says, hey, just come into my studio. You're not bad. We just need to see how you can handle in the moment. And see what right. you need to do to, if you if you have what it takes. Okay. And I hated. Well, I, this was one of many scenes I hated, but this was the first scene where it hit me that this movie is as poorly edited together as it is, as far as its cobbling goes. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many moments like where like something will happen, they'll have like a slight transition, but then they'll cut back to something else happening, and it completely disrupts the flow. Yeah. I get breaking up scenes apart. This entire scene is just so intercut. With shit just like cutting back to Cynthia on her bed writing, and while you know voiceover quotes more passages they were given the rights to from the book. It's very confusing. Yeah, very much. So we get more shots of Cynthia practicing her rap in the bathroom, this time at her school, and she is discovered doing this by her friend Kitty, who comes in. Who's my home in a barn? Oh my gosh, I loved her so yeah, much. I'm with you. Seriously, <laughs> I did. I loved her. Um, and she wasn't in the movie nearly as much as I would have liked. Um, she, seriously, she was, but she was her biggest yeah, support. So. She was her biggest support. You know, she was, always had her girls back. And yes, she was sort of in a different movie. <laughs> you think? <laughs> but 
she was in the movie I wanted to see. She was the most dynamic because this actor who played Cynthia, seriously, and part of it was the writing because everybody wrote her so fucking hard. Nobody ever gave this girl a chance at all. This girl was definitely the levity kitty. I mean, seriously. So, yeah. So, Kitty was fun. And that's that's why I liked her. And um, so, yeah. So, she's my hobo in a bar. Because she's, you know, look. she's She wants to support her friend. She wants her friend to be happy. And that's... That's all anybody would want her from her. As loudly as possible. Yes. Oh my God. She's such a chola. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> she is the best. Also, head full of sriracha, but you know. <laughs> oh my God. She's so great. I loved her so much. We have this scene with her in class, and then we meet this other character, this friend of hers named Jerome. Who is sitting next to her? And I, if not Kitty, I thought this was going to be your hobo. Before. I really liked Jerome, but he didn't last long enough, really, and I didn't like his acting. So I thought he was fine. Yeah. I, I thought he was passable. He was adequate. He, he's he's hitting up Cynthia in the back of class, asking her to help him cheat on the test, and you know, she's being sassy back to him, and he's like saying, you know what? And then she gives him her test, and then trades his, and they. You get like this this uh, insert of them erasing each other's names in the paper, yeah. but then poorly erasing them, so you could you could still see them outlined, and then they write theirs over it. It's really weird. And here's the thing: I think we're supposed to assume that Cynthia is wicked smart. Yes. So that's the other thing. Like she gets she gets made fun of because she reads. She gets made fun of because she's a nerd, basically. But that is not fully fleshed out for us it's it's not fully fleshed out at all in fact it is only briefly mentioned very late in the film yeah that her was her freshman year she was an a straight a student and then her father died and then she's been lucky to make c's ever since well the c's make sense because when she trades her paper with jerome the teacher reminds them all that they have two minutes left to take the quiz and then she's filling in all of his answers correctly that's crazy yeah. Like she just didn't have time to finish the test. She didn't answer all the questions. That's why she's getting straight C's. She's not. She didn't have the time. She well, she's not. Time. She's not applying herself. Yes. Yeah. We have the scene. So whose room is this? Where it's next? his. It's his room. They go to his house because he's. She's back in there later, and we don't know how she got in or why. No, we don't. But it's uh, his. It's his room. Yeah. At this point, I was very confused. Yeah. I did not know what was going on. Right. And. And so he's just in there. He's talking about how he's going to make a life for himself. He's going to go into business, and he's going to turn his life around. He also tells her that he's selling drugs to her brother to Mm -hmm. to, to sell along. He's basically the middleman. While he's telling her this, he takes off his shirt for some reason and still has a conversation with her. So we're not really sure what this relationship is. But then he comes back in, and he puts his shirt on, and then he says, Hey, you're a really good friend. You're You're like like a a sister. sister Which... She was disappointed about. Womp womp. Well, yeah. This this was when the movie for me took a turn for the weird, because we get another mirror shot and we just have him suddenly behind her saying, "You're like a sister, because you're ugly. I never want to be with you, ever, never, never, ever." And then it cuts away, and it's like thinking like, "Whoa, okay, this movie's getting a little surreal for us." Yeah. We get the scene later where she's back at her place and she's being reprimanded by her sister for studying and being. A 
hardworking student and also putting a creative outlet out there and not instead not going to work at a 7-Eleven and partying like everyone else. Right, to help support her family. Right. Yeah. All this punctuated by like the Which, sound of a baby crying in the background. It's never uh, – once again, it's never established why is no one else in this family able to go out and work. Right. Yeah. I mean if, if mom and grandmom are stay-at-home moms and grandmoms – then they can watch after the sister's baby while she goes and gets a fucking job. Well, she's having a baby. It's like a seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. She's not an infant. So, so you, but yet you still hear baby crying, like infant crying. But regardless, yeah, this is apparently a very high-maintenance seven-year-old. If you need three women in, in the apartment to take care of it, so they all they do is sit around. Uh, as far as we know, all they do is sit around the kitchen table and talk to each other. The brother is the one who is out. Doing whatever it is to make money to help support the family, and they don't ask questions. Which nope. we find out it's drugs. Yeah, we know that, but it's like they don't they care don't as that. long as he keeps showing up with the money. They're not going to question it. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And then you're going to bust in on the girl who's still in high school, trying to get an education, and you're going to bust her chops for not going out and supporting the family. Really? Then we meet Michael, and more importantly, the. Worst decision in terms of the costuming department in the entire movie, Michael's scarf. <laughs> Look, was it just me? This thing was so distracting every single time we well, see I, him. Well, I think they, it was a, a choice to make him look elitist in some way. Like he'd like he was so better than everybody. I don't know. I, it was just I, very strange. I, you, I, just, I don't remember a single feature about what this guy looked like other than the fact that he wore a white scarf throughout <laughs> the entire movie. So what is with this guy? Is he supposed to be like the moral center of the movie because he just disappears at one point later on? Well, he's supposed to be the teacher that believes in Cynthia and wants to see her better. And we find out that he had a relationship with her sister. Yeah. Yeah. And knew and was taught by her dad. That brings up a question. Yeah. When did he have this relationship with her sister? When he was a teacher? Right. Still? And, and she was, was a student. Was this, was she a sweet? I mean, because we as we as we just said, we don't learn until later that the kid is apparently his. And if this kid, who we think is like seven years old, the sister is not much older than her than 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 Cynthia. Than Cynthia. True. Yeah. Inappropriate relations. Can you explain why he disappeared and changed his name. Uh, you know. True. Because that's what he did. He yeah. Did, they, they accuse him of saying that he changed his name because he wanted to disassociate himself with the community that he's from. So you change your Hispanic last name to Smith, and that's going to be it for you? And, and by the way, uh, we should also establish, when, when he recognizes Cynthia, it's after he tells her to take her headphones off when they're on a field trip. And then suddenly he recognizes it's her. It's like, oh, hi, Tommy. I didn't know it was you. Like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> so, what, is it, what is this supposed to be? Also, are these women supposed to be in high school? This is the moment where I wrote this down because you see some of her peers and the people that she interacts with, including Kitty. These look like – They all look way older than school. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, I know this Especially Deuce's girlfriend. Yeah. She, I mean, I was like, I never bought her for a second. No. She was in high school. It showed her. It showed her at their high school. This is the first time we actually see them in class together. And it's like, what's she doing here? Right. Yeah. yeah. She's like this catty girl that she's encouraging Cynthia to to give up on her dreams and try to find a real man to take care of her, like her struggling musician boyfriend. But again, what are her dreams? Yeah. We don't. We don't know. know. No. She doesn't know. 
Obviously, she has no idea what she wants to do because she's just dredging through life. And this, is, by the way, is another scene, this field trip, where we get these back-and-forth cuts between the field trip and the studio where uh, Deuce, Deuce is recording his music for the first time. And let's let's talk about that because this is where we learn that he can't spit by himself because they said, hey, hey, man, we got this great track. We want to we Yeah, he's, he's, all of his lyrics are on paper. Right, and the, everything's the, written down. The engineer, there's an engineer, and then there's another guy in the room, and the the other guy in that room looks like we should know him. He looks like he's probably some big wig music producer or something, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I got this sick beat. I want you to, you know, rap to." And he's being super encouraging. Like, there's nothing but kindness from these two guys. Yeah. And Deuce is like, "No, w- would you tell Bob Dylan to just improvise?" Yeah, he's like, I don't freestyle. I'm an artist. Every word, every syllable, every pause, uh, it all means something. It has right. to be crafted and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's all because he can't rap on his own freestyle. Because he didn't even write the words that he has. Right. Yeah. Big fucking liar. And and back uh, at the field trip, we meet another pointless love interest. Darius. Yeah, Darius. Uh, again, I mean, he has a point. All I want to be with you. Oh, no, wait, that's... <laughs> It's like, first of all, Kitty starts catcalling, pun unintended, starts catcalling Darius, mm-hmm. and then he's like, holy shit, this, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Cynthia's like by herself, and you know, she splits from the group at the field trip like you can do on field trips right, in high school. Of course, yeah. And this guy starts talking about architecture where they're trying to impress her with his knowledge, and then she bullshits him. She's like, hey, no, you're all wrong. And he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, I'm just kidding. You're kind of cute. Somewhere around here, the lights go out in the apartment, which was the weirdest fucking thing oh, I've man. ever seen. <laughs> that was so weird that they just blacked out on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just blacked just, out they, the they, screen. They, they, flicked it, they flicked it on and off a couple of times and then basically just turned off the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. I've never seen that before. I'm convinced this movie had no lighting department. There weren't any. There was no lighting equipment whatsoever except for the flashlight used in the scene when the lights go out. Uh, I bet you're I right. I would agree. Yep. Because, because when the lights go out in the apartment, you have this shot of her like looking through her room with a flashlight, and then suddenly it does this jump scare, piano sting, and then you see the, sh- the light shine on uh, uh, Juan's face, and he has a flashlight too, and all the lighting you see in this scene is just their faces. That would the explain the turning yeah. off the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had no they, lights. They, no, they didn't. Wow. They used whatever light source they had available at the time. And again, you know, it's apparently this apartment doesn't have any kind of windows because they live in the city. It's not exactly the darkest place in the entire world. No. No, there should have at least been light coming through the window because she was sitting right beside the window when the lights went off. But why do that when you can just turn the camera but off? But when you just turn the camera <laughs> off. Uh, or in the editing bay, just hit blackout, 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 and then and then keep it pressed down. So he... he he, he he pays her for some more rhymes. Like he offers her twenty dollars, and she's just blown away by seriously. This. Like she she's so excited about twenty dollars. I get excited about twenty dollars too. So I I related a little <laughs> bit to that. Sure. I mean, you know. And I guess if you're if this was her if we can assume this is her first time getting paid for her writing, I guess. But it implies that. But how has he gotten her rhymes before? I I don't know. I think she was just so blown away by the extra money. I guess that. So yeah. And this is always, and she didn't even call him on the fact that the lights were out, that he didn't pay the bill. This is another thing. That's true. Some, whenever something seriously significant happens in this movie, there is no follow through. And this was one of the moments where I was like, wait a minute. 
your brother is supposed to be taking care of the family. He's paying the bills. He didn't pay the light bill, and you don't call him on it? Yeah, Even yeah. if not her, it's at never least the mentioned. sister. Right. The lights yeah. go out. So like, the power goes out, and never again is it ever, ever brought addressed. up. No. It's exposited that Jerome is found dead in an alley the next day at school. And so in the meantime... Cynthia, it's her job now to get these lyrics off to one that she promised him. And so while she's trying to hurry out of class, she drops her notebook in the hallway. It's picked up by Michael, who finds it, and then he goes through it like a responsible teacher. And then mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, this is, he's like, you're, you're seeing this reaction on his face, like, whoa, this is really deep. She's the next best thing since Mark Twin. And then <laughs> she gets back to her apartment and she realizes, oh, shit, I need to go back to school and get my book. So she runs back to school, takes the book, and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And she's like, I don't have time. Fuck off. And then she runs back to her apartment. And then that's where you have this insane, crazy fight scene because Juan shows up and he's like, where are the, where are the rhymes? You promised me. You promised me you'd give me the rhymes. I want them right now. Get rid of me. And she's trying to tell him, like, here, you can have it. And he's not listening to her. He's screaming and making a ruckus, and he's just <laughs> he, banging he on pots and pans. Baked out of his mind or something. something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's on. the Seriously. weirdest thing. It's a very strange scene. That, but see, that's the thing about Juan. That's the, the problem I had with his his character, and I'm... I guess it's just the actor. I don't know. Um, but he goes from zero to 60 in 0.2 seconds flat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's either all or nothing with this guy. Right. I mean, it works. Because sometimes, like, in the the first scene where they're, like, running for the bus and they and they miss the butt, which was a huge pile of bullshit because that bus didn't even stop. Right. And it wasn't her <clears> fault <throat> that they were late to it the bus It wasn't her fault. They were, But they blame but they her blame because her. she was walking she was reading. while reading her book. Yeah. And, like, in that scene, he seems, like, fun, playful, a little bit of an asshole, but, you know, he it's a, a typical brother and sister thing. Yes. And then other scenes, they have, like, one line of dialogue apiece, and then he just starts yelling for no reason. He is just wildly erratic. But you know what? I actually dug those choices as far as the actor went because, uh-huh. again, from that, if we're having a character who's on drugs and is basically living, you know, from from – deal to deal as far as what he's able to get out there money wise it makes sense that he's going to be a, a, as erratic as he is especially if he lives on the streets like this well and he, he has an crazy. arc i mean he gets worse and worse and worse and worse yeah. as the movie yeah. goes on I, I well but see it well. was like the first example of it it to me it doesn't it, it doesn't come across as uh as a, a junkie kind of situation right it doesn't it's just hey i'm just talking with you i said i'm talking to you you know it, it just it's weird it is well, and he's just, a, now he's i understand dick. later on in these scenes it where makes we, more sense it makes then. more sense but in the beginning it doesn't yeah. i just saw it like he's trying to catch flies with honey and when he sees immediately that that's not going the direction he wants then he jumps into a he flies into a frenzy he, he finally gets out of the apartment they shut the door he just beats the shit out of the door for way too mm-hmm. long and that's the thing shouldn't he have a key i mean if he's taking care of them he sold it <laughs> right yeah i'm just saying i mean no, I, I i'm glad that they were safe and he couldn't get in or, or they could lock him out or he didn't time. have the key this time he has the key the next time but for some but reason the, it doesn't work changed the lock. yeah so <laughs> I, it's just weird yeah yeah, yeah. And and so we cut the next day to the basketball court where Juan and his buddies hang out. He basically tells his entire plan out loud just because Darius and his friend are right behind them playing basketball and he can hear it. That's the whole point of it. 
They, he says that he's selling Cynthia's lyrics to Deuce. Yeah. And Darius hears this. And how much money he's making compared to how much she's getting. And Darius calls him on the carpet. Yeah, well, yeah, Darius shows up. And, and you know, he's he's trying to say, like, you know, Juan's like, hey, man, well, it's, the price has gone up. You've got to give me more for this. And then Deuce says back to him, well, you know what? Um, I'll tell him about what happened to Jerome. Right. And because then, Juan killed Jerome. Yeah. But then that begs the question, how does Deuce know about this? And, you know, where's Deuce getting all this money from? I don't know. If he's not supporting himself on his music right now because he's up and coming, what is he doing? Is he a shady criminal as well? Because we get nothing on that. No idea. Because he's tossing like $1,000 like it's nothing over at one. Right. Thank you, movie. He's finally getting a return on that free CD investment. (laughs) The next day we cut to this diner. And, oh, my God, this... Lighting was horrendous. Again, they didn't use any lighting equipment. They just kept it all natural. Yes. And they're sitting at the window right by the front, and you have this bright, direct, hard sunlight hitting right in their faces, just washing them out completely. It looked terrible. And it's between Darius and Cynthia, and Darius gives her the CD that he somehow acquired. And then while this is happening, because she listens to it, she's like, oh, shit, these are my rhymes. Deuce's CD. She gives him Deuce's CD, right? Yeah. And right when she's listening to this, Juan just shows up. He apparently knew exactly where she was going to be. And then he's like, hey, I need to talk to you in private for a second. So they just move one table over. Right. They're still right in front of Darius. And they're just talking, again, at plain volume for him to hear. And he says he needs her to do something for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he never elaborates on it. He just says, I need you to help me do a thing. And so she just accepts. Mm-hmm. And then we get this crazy montage. This robbery montage because she just stands outside Rocky of like a convenience a store. Even Rocky had a montage. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Yeah, he uses her as a lookout to rob a grocery store. And then, oh man, I hated this. So we had this robbery montage, and then you get these shots intercut of them running from something, but you're never told what. Because a couple times you hear police sirens, but you don't actually see any lights. Right. Like, they couldn't even afford a fucking strobe police light. Nope. Like, I've, I've bought these things before. They're like $10 on Amazon. <laughs> right. They couldn't even afford to get a no light lights. Off, the, off the side of the frame. Nope. Just no be- lights. No lights, Jack. It's insane. It's, it's so embarrassing. So, then we get Juan's Oscar moment when they finally stop in the alley because it's like the, he, she's confronting him about Jerome and the lyrics, and he's like... Giving, trying to give this intense emotional confession to all this. You know, like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Man, no, your, your, your writing could help me out. And then she says, no, I'm done. I'm not giving you any more of my lyrics. We're done. And which at that point you can say, like, the movie's over. She's conquered her demons, I guess. But no, it keeps going. By the way, mm. she brought all this up to him at the restaurant. Right. Because she says to him, you've been using my lyrics and giving them to someone else without using my name. You've been cheating me out of this. But she brought this up in the previous restaurant scene. Yeah. All right. Another montage intercut with flashbacks because, again, this is just Rocky IV without the robots, apparently. (laughs) You have, like, all these shots of, like, her father giving her the book, and you hear more passages. You see scenes that we've already seen before, like her brother cheating her out of shit. Literally flashbacks from the preceding scene. Then we get this phone call that she decides to make from a payphone, which we haven't seen in a long time, to Deuce. He's in the studio, and this is, Zip, where I said the ADR was atrocious, because Uh here's the thing. 
she calls him and he picks up. He's like trying to talk really quietly off, you know, in this right. little corner while the other while the stu- while the sound mixers are doing their own thing. Yeah. And the first couple times you hear her absolutely clear. It's completely silent. You just hear her voice clearly. Mm-hmm. But when it cuts back to her, you see she's on the street. There's a bunch of cars passing by. And then a couple times when it cuts back to him in the studio, you could hear said cars through her audio on his phone. Yep. But then it cuts back a couple times, and then the car tone is gone. Mm. So that's why I'm saying, like, right. the ADR was put in, but they used it to their detriment. Right. It was such bullshit. <laughs> and then we meet our real star of the movie, or at least the only star power this movie had going for it, Principal Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson. Which um, Now, talk about severely underusing someone. If he was even there for as much as half a day, I'd be shocked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that he just, a lot better he than plays the last movie I saw him in. He plays yeah. the, the principal of the school. And he doesn't, he could give no fucks. Nope. He's, he, he's, None given. He's given. I mean, seriously, he's the worst principal of all time. Yeah. Because yeah. Michael's uh, fighting for her. Michael's in there fighting for her because she's been she's been out a lot. She's not putting in the effort. Um, and this is the scene where we find out that her first year she made straight A's. Right. And then she was gone for a while. And when she came back, she's been a C student at best. And that's when Michael brings up, well, I'm sure that was after her father died. And, and Ernie Hudson's like, I give a shit and care less. Yeah. He calls no. her crazy. He insinuates that she's crazy. He calls her a Then she needs girl. to see a therapist. Yeah. And then, and then he recommends a therapist. Yeah. 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 Why would that be bad? So she needs to have already seen a therapist, but the problem is, is that she refuses. Right. Well, the whole scene exists so that she can come in at the wrong time, hear the conversation in bad context, right. and then take it to heart. Because she goes back to the bathroom, freaking out. They get this really creepy shot of Ernie And then Hudson we get the shot of Ernie her. Hudson yeah. behind her, yelling at her in the mirror. You are right. black. Black. Blah. Yeah, no one will ever take you seriously because you're black, basically. How is that possible? How is she black? When no one else in her family is? Well, we never see mom. So, right. Because her... No, we never... Oh, wait. Yes, we do. Yes, we did. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a Hispanic family. It is. Her genetic code read the script. (laughs) So did Ernie Hudson. We then have this scene of her just freaking out in the bathroom, like, slinging her backpack around, like, kicking shit. And I've written, this movie would have been completely redeemed... If that had all ended, and then just the scene had ended with the punctuating fart from one of the stalls. <laughs> <laughs> so close to being a perfect film. Right. Oh. No. <laughs> See, because in that case, the fart would be funny. funny. Yeah. Yes, the fart would be funny. And this is apparently a, a dream that she had because she wakes up. This is apparently like a napping montage that we follow this with. Again, it's a napping more montage. Dialogue. Even Rocky. Wait, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> So back to present day. This is like where we had the scene the, setting up the very scene, beginning. Yeah. So we have her walking down the street. She passes by Juan and his and his cronies, and then or not his cronies. These are just two guys that are on his corner. One of them is very very bald. The other guy is just there, and they start arguing about who gets to stand on that curb. And then Juan pulls out a gun and starts pointing it, and they start pulling out their own guns and pointing it back. All the while. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Cynthia has walked up to Kitty, who's on a stoop, 
and she's like, "Hey, girl, I missed you. Let's go get let's go to get our shit going on." And whatever she was saying, and then, and then I think it's Juan. Which one of them does it? Juan does not shoot. Not Juan does not shoot. No. Okay, no. Okay. Okay. He pulls out his gun, and when they both pull out guns, he turns and runs. Right. And as he's he, running away, one the of them shoots. shoots and kills Kitty. Yeah, they're like, "She's really annoying. Let's take her down." And then she, so yeah, she gets shot, Kitty off off camera. And then we get this. Okay, this was awful. Like you know what? This actress has done okay playing Cynthia up till now. Like I didn't. She hasn't been bad. She hasn't been good. Right. She, but this was just a terrible. This was awful. Moment. We get this scene where she just reacts to her best friend now dead. And lying in a pool of blood. No, uh-huh. no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. no, no, yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. No. When this gun went off, it blew a hole in Kitty's brain and set the sriracha free. <laughs> oh, no. Because you see what looks like a mix of sriracha and, like, chunky salsa on the ground. Yeah. It is it's not, not like, very good This is not blood. blood. Yeah. It's it doesn't matter. What's important to the scene is that she is looking at her dead friend lying in a pool of blood. Yeah. And she it's so not impactful at all. gets down on her knees and is, like, poking the body, like, are you awake? Hello? Get up. No. No. Okay. No, no, and no. I was sad because my hobo in a barn just died. So... It made me sad. <laughs> well, that's what hobos do in barns. I mean... That's true. That's very true. Your hobo died in I a know, barn. That's bad. what started it. I know. It would have been I better know. if she'd been killed by a bat, by a bat person. Oh, if she'd been killed by a bat person, that would have oh been God. great. Oh, my God. That would have been great. Like, one pulls out a gun, and the guy's like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> 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 that <laughs> So we get this, we get another montage scene, and I'm just like, come on, guys. And it's followed by the scene where Michael confronts Juan in an alley. Yeah. And I love this because we meet Juan and he's drinking out of a juice box wrapped in paper. Yep. Yep. Like Michael's giving him shit like, man, you need to clean your shit up, get your shit together. And then Juan's like, oh, that's really cute. You know, you're my sister's baby daddy, right? And that just stops Michael right in his Yeah, he's like, no, you're, that's not true. Right. Uh, or, or otherwise, I would have known about it. What are you saying? And, like, he just completely shuts down. Like, he goes into an existential crisis <laughs> right then does. and there. How, how could you have gotten pregnant? I didn't even wear a condom. Wait. <laughs> this basically erases this character as the moral center. Because yes, it does. Again, it's trying to make him, like, out to be, like, this John Keating type of character. But, no, now no. it's just, like, okay, well... You know, we see him one time again, but he has no other impact throughout the rest of the film. Nope. Yeah. So we have this scene finally where Cynthia decides to get shit done. This is where she decides to pick herself up. And she confronts Juan, and she agrees to sell him the lyrics. She's like, let's go right now. Let's go see Deuce. He says, yeah, yeah, let's, let's come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and so they leave. And then they go to, like, the park. Mm-hmm. And they're walking through the park, and then you see Darius and his token white friend, the one I was yep, talking about earlier. that's the, the only white yeah, guy in the movie. Dude. This uh, is a great park, by the way. I've been to this park. It's beautiful. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, okay. beautiful park. Juan recognizes Darius, and he's like, wait, I've seen that guy before. Twice, actually. It's a trap. And yeah. he just loses his shit, and like they all go running after Darius. Right. Like, why? 
They don't, there's no, there's no explanation no whatsoever. Explanation whatsoever. But just, it turns out it's a setup so Juan can get arrested. Well, yeah, because he finally catches up to them and just starts beating them up. Why are they beating them up? No idea. Juan's friends because too. Darius looked at his sister. That's it. And, and, and yeah. then the cops bust Juan because they catch Because him. he pulls out his gun. Right. But at the same time, I mean, you know, this is an assault charge. Like, at worst, it's, you know... Uh, who um, knows? But I mean, Cynthia might. Uh, have, uh, I uh, I got the idea that Cynthia set weapon. him up. With yeah. A yeah. And and then you know possession of a firearm, probably Correct. illegal. Right. So I don't know how much that is in time, but it can't be that long compared to like the drug bust, compared to all the other shit this guy could be nailed for. But this is the only thing they have evidence on, so it's not like he's going to be in the jail for a long time. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Maybe longer. Who knows? It gets him out of the picture. That's the whole point. Exactly. So it gets him out of Cynthia's life. Meanwhile, we get the scene of Michael visiting the apartment. You know, Cynthia's place, and the door opens, and it's his Ill- illegitimate daughter that stands to greet him, and he's like, "Hi, you're you're different to me now because now I know what you're you know I, you're important now." And then he starts talking to you know his baby mama, and I guess they're going to reconcile and get together. Is that what it's trying to yep. lead us into? Yep, everything's going to be okay. Fuck it. <laughs> Cynthia then decides to go to this open mic that she's been hearing tell of since earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. and that Deuce. MCs. He's the host of. He's the, okay, is that his role? Because I just thought yeah. he was headlining it. No, he is the host uh, of this thing because sure. he had mentioned it to the producer before. And this is exactly where the Eight Mile influences came in. Exactly. Most directly. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because this looks like the exact same scene, just minus ten times the extras they had. Right, and ten and, times less drama. And I also noticed the people in the very front were the same students that were in her classroom. Earlier. Yes, well, well played. Hey, give them an inch. Yeah. All right, so she steps up to battle because, you know, we have we have Deuce conveniently once she walks in saying, you know, who wants to battle me? Come on. Somebody's got to be doing this. At the same time, you got to wonder, if this guy is so insecure about his abilities to spit and, and freestyle and improvise. Why is he hosting? Why, well, why is he hosting? But also, why is why he, is he putting himself up right. to be so vulnerable? Yeah, Because right. if a struggling yeah. musician is aware that there are other musicians probably out there in the city with him, that's not the greatest plan. Yeah, but, it's very strange. But, okay, it's a, but, you know. But he read the script. Out there. He read the script. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So Cynthia steps up there to battle him, and he's, like, calling her out. He's, like, calling him. He's, like, he's like oh, you're a girl. <laughs> and then he starts rapping. Yeah, sure. That is the basis of the entire argument of why she can't do this because her, she's a girl. Her brother because, said it earlier. Nobody believes in her because a girl can't rap. Because right. he has, they can't go too far because this is a PG movie. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep that in force. They're trying to keep this family friendly as possible. You can tell. And so to have him saying anything beyond "You're a girl, you can't do anything," that this, that's all they can do. This whole scene should die in a fire. Oh, it yep. absolutely should. This movie could have ended like twenty it, minutes ago. Yeah. Well, this movie could have actually ended an hour and a half ago. <laughs> but, you know, that's why we're here today. Yeah. So he's challenging her, and and she finally is, it's like the moment like where she opens her eyes. You know, like this like weird squish sound effect AD, uh, you know, added in, and then she starts rapping along with him because he starts reciting his previously existing material and then she starts coming in saying you know the exact same thing word for word and people i guess we as the audience and the audience in the movie are supposed to put it together that means that she wrote it because this guy's well they start at first they're they're like they're confused and then he shuts her down and is doing the whole no way she's stealing my stuff these are my lyrics and she's like, no, no, I wrote it. These are my lyrics. No, no, these are my lyrics. No, no. This goes on for two fucking minutes. And I wanted to shoot myself in the head. Mm-hmm. I was ready to put myself out of my misery <laughs> at this point. 
this scene fucking sucks. That's all it is. They stand there and go, nuh-uh, uh-huh, nuh-uh, uh-huh, for two minutes. That's all they're doing. They don't even use different terminology. They just said, these are my lyrics. No, these are my lyrics. I wrote it. No, I wrote it. That's all they're doing. And I thought, are they, are they rapping this at the same time that they're saying it? Because it's almost in beat with the music that's still playing. And because the music is still playing and it's overlaced on top of the audio that they recorded, I can't hear what they're saying. (laughs) Anything that they rap, either of them, in this entire scene, I didn't understand a single fucking word. I hated it. Fuck this movie! (laughs) But the whole point is the rap... Is the rapping right. or the lyrics, these are her words. If this is what the whole movie has been building up to, we need to be able to hear it and understand it. And we don't. That's my point. Yes. Fuck this movie. Yeah, and, and, and they're they're trying to pull wool over our eyes with this because again the audience is suddenly swayed to believe that she wrote this because she's rapping along with him. Let us not forget, this guy has been passing out CDs like a pedophile passing out balloons at the zoo. <laughs> like, they, these are everywhere. And so she could easily have just gone home, liked the music, heard it enough times to have it memorized. Exactly. And be able to, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it doesn't make bullshit. any sense. And, and also, I want to write this down because some of the lyrics that she raps along with him, this is a moment like when he stops rapping because he's just kind of in shock and she keeps going. She raps, maybe I'm a young, beautiful girl, something due to the world, something about pearls. It's like he he wouldn't have rapped that. Right. That wouldn't have been part of his rap because he's not unless he's hiding a lot more than his <laughs> honesty here. He is not not a girl. girl. So she raps Deuce off the stage literally. And meanwhile this we get these creepy shots of the music producer from earlier up on the balcony giving her like the fuck me eyes and then that's how the movie ends. Yep. That's it. She's triumphant. She makes her stand and we're supposed to believe that she's going to make it as a rapper now. Yay. She won an open mic night. She's going places. Yeah. She's going to make it after, after all. all. Fame. And that is the end of the movie. <laughs> so. Way better movie than this. About aspiring artists. So let's take a quick break and be right back with some trivia. Okay, we're back. Adina, you have uh, some trivia on this. I movie. do, I do, I do, I do. Okay, so minds. Um, Eight Mile was released in 2002. What? Which it, we think inspired this movie. So the, the woman playing Cynthia, her name is Janice Richardson, but she's a rapper who went by J-N-Y-C-E. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know if it's Janice or whatever. Um, wait, 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 how do you spell it again? J-N-Y-C-E. Just... Nickelback. So anyway, so there were some there there were some recognizable actors in this. Sherry Som played um, Cynthia's sister. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff, and she continues to act. David Zayas, who I mentioned before, he played the dad. He's great. Oh, Sherry Som, you'll see on the Fosters on uh-huh. uh, Freeform. One of the last songs played during the credits is a Paula Cole song called "Be Somebody." Some of the music that was oh, played. Oh, no. let's talk about that for a second, shall yeah. we? Because yes. God damn it, I'm on my high horse, and I ain't getting <laughs> off yet. Okay. <laughs> when they so first of all, first of all. 
This whole goddamn movie has been about rapping. And what song plays during the credits? A fucking pop ballad. Yep. It's true. I, I know. I know. Look, that this movie doesn't make any sense. By a white woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be Somebody by Paula Call. There's- the fuck? Yeah. Secondly, back to the sound editing, it sounds like they had a demo copy of this song on a cassette tape and played it on a tape player, put it next to the microphone, and that's how they recorded it for the credits of I this think, movie. I think that it might be true. It sounds horrible. The whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you guys. I'm done. Don't, don't watch this movie. And then they so, play a Toby Keith song. <laughs> they do not. So then, um, stop it. Antonio Messia, who wrote the screenplay, also played Michael. Lisa France directed this movie, okay? And here's the thing. Don't forget Jackie the Joke Man Martling. He was the teacher. Right. Yes. He was a regular on Howard Stern for a while. Yes. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of this movie that makes no sense. And why some of these people were in it makes absolutely no sense to me. But Lisa France has a movie on IMDb. She directed a 2017 documentary called Roll With Me that has a 9.9 rating on IMDb. Okay, so the, she's got... By how many submissions? I, I don't know. I didn't look. And it's about um, a wheelchair-bound guy. And it was out last year. Right. So, anyway. But here's the thing that I found that blew my fucking mind, you guys. Mm-hmm. So the guy who plays Darius, his name is Geronimo. He and a former guest on this show are in a movie together. Christina and Geronimo are in a movie that was released last year called Obama Land Part 1 Rise of the Trumpumpkins. Why couldn't she fuck this up? I don't know. I didn't ask her about it, oh, but I shit. saw this and I was like, "What the fuck?" So yeah, so we have a connection. We have a direct connection to this film, you guys. Oh and so I'm going to follow up with her cuz I'm going to see her soon, but Holy fucking ask, shit. Ask her to right? ask him if he wants to be on a podcast Right, episode. right. I mean, I don't know where he lives. I, you know, I but they, <laughs> no, you don't. And so, yeah, so they are in a movie together. I don't know if they had any scenes together, but when I saw that, I freaked the fuck out. That is like my favorite piece of trivia I've ever found. I think we've ever found. So, yeah. But other than that, this movie can suck my dick. Yeah, my, my trivia is... It's kind of sparse. I, I wrote some awards down. It won the Independent Spirit. Well, rather, it was nominated for Independent Spirit Award, the John Cassavetes Award, uh, Best Debut Performance for Jim's. Janice. How is that even possible? It won for uh, Black Reel Award for Best Independent Film, won for American Film Fest Award Best Actress, it won for Santa Monica Film Fest for Dramatic Feature. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't win, like, any bad awards. I was listening to the, to the commentary on this, and, you know, I'll get the movie this. The commentary, the director commentary, is actually not terrible. You know, they actually talk about what they did. They talk about the different lenses they go through. They talk about the camera grade they use, which was all consumer, as you can imagine. Lisa, Lisa France and everyone else that involved the productions, a couple of the actors are on it. I mean, they seem like pretty cool people. Like, you know, she had a story about each, each featured actor, actor that was on there. So, I, I mean... She, I give her props for that. She's a fil- this is a movie that seems to be have been made with care, or at least interest in making something of product of quality. 
Hi, cutie. I see you. So, best line, worst line. Well, I'll go for best line because I didn't write down worst line because there was so much bullshit. I don't have anything for either. So, the only line that even stuck out to me at all that I thought, oh, okay. Because this was after 9-11. And this gets said twice. Uh, Cynthia says this, and it's one of her raps. We need to do some true building before we lose more than two buildings. Ooh, nice so one. I thought, okay, yes, yes, there's a, there's a profundity there. There's a, a heart there. There's something meaningful there. That was, the, that was the best line for me because everything else was just crap. My best line was in a scene where uh, Juan and his buddies are expositing about how they've been taking his sister's lyrics and using it to make a profit. And Darius and his buddy are playing basketball in the background. And Juan makes eyes with him, and he threatens him. He's like, hey, man, what, you know, get the, you know, step off, whatever he says. In anger, picks up his friend's drink and then throws it at him, and it, like it, you know, it just goes all over the fence. And his buddy says, hey, man, I wasn't finished with that. <laughs> That's your best line. That's all I could do. There you go. I tried. I like it. Zip, you got anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have a worse line for us? I don't. I, and I, I, I did consider watching the movie again, but then I thought better of it and decided not to. My worst line is a little different. Uh, mine's a my, my worst line is a quote from the director oh. about this movie. Okay. Because I read this and I was like, nope, this, is, this has got to be it. She says, urban family entertainment is rare. We wanted to make a film that an eight-year-old and a ninety-year-old could watch together, and we would not feel embarrassed or uncomfortable. Nope. A movie where a woman gets shot, and you see fucking spaghetti sauce under her head, and you'd be cool with a nine-year-old checking that out. And your grandma. Yeah, I, I saw a similar of some of the user reviews. Mm-hmm. And and I saw somebody were like, oh, this is a great a great inspirational story that you can show to your kids. There's no bad language or anything. And I'm like, there's a fucking dead body in the street with blood pouring out right. of it. There's a scene where like an angry drug dealer is like trying to fist fuck a door until it opens, and, and, and that's the, you're you're thinking that's okay for, for a kid to see? Nope. Yeah, you got to bring up the whole of uh, having a kid out of wedlock yeah, storyline. Yeah, there's drugs. Uh, there's there's drugs. Where do babies come from? That man. That yeah. man. <laughs> Michael. Michael Smith. That man trying to deny his heritage. <laughs> Zip, do you have a worse line? I wrote the lyrics. No, I wrote the lyrics. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> All right, drinking game. Uh, every time she's in a mirror. Uh, chug a fifth of Jack Daniels instead of watching the movie. <laughs> Montages. Yeah, sure. Drinking for a montage. <laughs> All right, so what do they do right, guys? Uh, you know, there was some music that was in it. Uh, there are a couple songs by Mystic. Some of the performances are fine. I mean, Sherry Somm's performance, David Zayas's performance, I think Juan is fine. Uh, nobody, well, except for Kitty. <laughs> I just love Kitty. Um, I mean, the locations are great. They're in freaking New York. They just didn't know how to consistently shoot it. And, or storyboard it. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's so confusing. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like I said, if I had to pick one standout that worked for me acting-wise, it probably would be the actor who played Juan. I Again, believed him. It, his material wasn't great, but 
seeing as seeing how much depth they wanted him to have, I think he pulled it off as best as he could. Yeah, I would agree. Zip, you got anything? No. <laughs> well, do you at least have a grade for this movie? Oh. Flying cinematic Terminator. Here's the thing. This was a passion project for somebody. I don't know who, but somebody. And I think everybody was really into it, and I think they were trying to make something that spoke to a specific audience. And for all I know, it may have. I don't know. But cinematically, they failed on so many levels. It is not a coherent movie. The sound is horrible. The editing is horrible. The storytelling is inconsistent. Uh, you know, I, I applaud them for their efforts, and they have a finished product that I'm sure they are proud of. But as just a regular moviegoer, I did not care for it at all. So I'm torn on this one. I don't, I don't like shitting on people trying to, you know live up to their dreams, which I guess is the story of the movie. But at the same time, I hated it. So... I'm giving it a four. have it folks and that's it for another episode of it came from the bottom once again brought to you by the games entertainment your ultimate source for digital series podcasts and more once again i'm jack i'm zip <laughs> next time the puma man <laughs>